0: So we've spoken about the first three foundations or establishments of mindfulness in the body, feeling and mind or mind state. And the fourth foundation is uh, mind objects or dhammas. So in different uh, scriptures there are different lists of these dhammas, different, uh, different things Find their way into um, contemporary, well, let's say, uh, teachings that were written down at the same time. Early teachings, <clears throat> and in the the Pali Canon that we're most used to using, there's quite a long list of Dhammas, which can be a little mind-boggling. It's like a whole huge, enormous field of attention in itself. Uh, But if you compare the three, uh, the Pali script, the Pali um, teaching on Satipatthana and two contemporary Chinese teachings written down at the same time, there there are two groups of dhammas or phenomena that come in all three teachings. And when you put those two together, uh, they have the, a very immediate and practical use. So I'm not going to go into all of the whole list of Dhammas which are listed in the Pali Canon, but just take out these two groups. So we've spoken already a fair bit about their, their five hindrances and you've probably had a fair bit of time to get to know them in your own mind. So it's uh, sensual desire, ill will, restlessness, sloth and torpor, and doubt. So these are the, the, they hinder us, they, they kind of pull us in the wrong direction when we are, you know, wishing to awaken. And then there are the awakening factors, so there are those qualities that lead to awakening, support awakening. And I'm going to list them, and don't worry if you don't remember them. I first heard these this list when I was about 23, something like that, before I was a nun. And it took me a really long time before I could, re- could remember them and apply them, because there was this idea that, uh, well, they're awakening factors, they're enlightenment factors, and I'm so far from that, so I won't even try and remember those, because I'm nowhere near awakening. But uh, they're actually very, very simple and applicable. And I'm going to do my best to um, show you a way that you can, once you notice the uh, hindrance that's present, how you can use that hindrance or that awareness of that hindrance to transform into the path of awakening. It's a beautiful and simple practice. And it's not conceptual, it just involves noticing and uh, putting the right application, the right response to what you find. So the awakening factors, first one is mindfulness, sati, which uh, I think everyone is familiar with. And the second is dhamma which means investigation of states, investigating what's going on. So it's both both investigating and using dis- discernment. So what's going on and what's the best thing to do with it? It's the second awakening factor. And the third is virya, energy. So this is uh, the kind of energy that's, that's stays interested that keeps going you know that that doesn't just kind of it's not just like a spurt of energy then you then you kind of lose interest or get distracted, but a sustained energy to investigate and stay present with what has arisen and the the fourth where am I on the fourth yes the fourth factor is uh joy, pity. So this isn't something we can't make that happen. For those first three, we can remember to apply attention, mindfulness, sati, awareness. We can be curious and investigate and use our wisdom. And we can keep that going. We can keep that, put energy behind that, the right kind of energy. Those are all... um, we can do that. Those are all aspects of what we can actually apply with our own mind and intention. And then the, the, the others kind of, if we, if we apply those first three, the others kind of come along. So joy is what opens up when we, uh, when we bring attention to one of the hindrances. Say, for example uh, sleepiness and dullness, difficult one, it's very seductive, it seems like it's okay, and we might even be, you know, it can even be like, we think we're awake, we're sitting kind of like this, so semi-conscious, yeah, practicing equanimity, Mm. But really what's happening is uh, sleepiness and dullness has taken over. So, so first of all, we need, to, we need to bring mindfulness and know, oh, you know, maybe if my posture is like this, and maybe I'm actually not very awake, so, oh, okay. And so then we kind of shift the posture, maybe open our eyes and start to investigate. What does it feel like? What does sleepiness and dullness feel like? Oh, my eyes are really heavy. Mind's dull. There's not much motivation. I can't really feel my body. It feels kind of heavy. So, so that's like investigating what is the quality of sleepiness and dullness. So this isn't, um, oh, I really shouldn't be sleepy. Oh, I'm a really bad meditator. I'm useless. That's, that's not uh, an enlightenment factor. <laughs> so this is investigating and seeing, and then recognizing, okay, sleepiness, this is, this is, I'm, I'm, like, torpor is the heaviness of the body, and the sloth is a, is like a heaviness of mind, so, okay, there's sloth and torpor, maybe I ate too much at the meal, and then that makes the body heavy, mind heavy, so then sometimes we just have to endure that a while, and that's the result, this is the result of eating too much, Ooh. or, uh, or maybe, uh, We've just been letting our mind wander and be distracted. And then when we come to sit, it's still just not really interested in anything. There's no sharpness, kind of dull. Or there may be something we're a little bit afraid of. And rather than allow it into consciousness, we kind of zone out. So all of these things, we can find those if we pay attention and start to investigate. We find out what's going on. And then once we find what's going on, then we can meet that. So there's different ways we can meet it. One is to simply shine the light of awareness on the hindrance. So shining the light of awareness on sleepiness and dullness. It's a little bit difficult with that one because it is very seductive. But we can do that, can, so knowing sleepiness and dullness. Open my eyes, take some deep breaths. Effort into my posture. And then you can still keep on checking in. Well, where is it? Okay, I feel it in my legs. Legs are really heavy. There's still a really kind of strong tendency for my eyelids to drop. You know, those kind of things. So, you, so you're investigating, you're knowing the quality of sleepiness and dullness or any of those five hindrances that might arise. And Um, As I think it was mentioned in one of the talks, one of of the very effective antidotes to sleepiness and dullness. (laughs) It's our good old friend. Contemplation of death. So with the in-breath, the in-breath bringing life energy and a certain brightness, we contemplate, this could be my last breath. And it could. So... If this is my last breath, what do I want to do? Do I want to be a kind of half out of it, sitting in a meditation hall? Or do I want to be awake, know know what's going on, sharp, clear? And this, that, uh, that recollect, that reflection can be really sharpening. So I had a lot of difficulty with sloth and torpor for a long time, and and it was this uh, when I heard that that re- reflection suddenly. Shoo- things sharpened up, and I realized that for a long time, I was playing out a story in my mind of, 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 of a difficult future, a difficult future that was a bit scary, that I couldn't quite deal with, so to be present was very difficult, because always in the back of my mind, there was like, oh gosh, and then this, and then that, and then, oh, that's all too much, and it wasn't conscious, but that's that was going on for a long time. And then when this this um, teaching on recollection of death with the in breath came, it was like ah, suddenly I saw that paradigm of creating a sense of self in the future in a difficult situation. That's that where I'm out of my depth, and it's all too much. And then zonk out. So coming back to or well, maybe there isn't, you know, the last breath. Don't have to worry about the future. <laughs> Just have to be here, right now, you know. And uh, and suddenly the mind's kind of sharp and, and, and bright, and it's and it's great, and there's energy. So and then joy arises. So this is a these are two ways that we can we can work with sleepiness and dullness, for example. Um, either just being aware and investigating and bringing energy to that investigation or bringing in an antidote and uh, I should really do this in order I'm sort of wandering a little bit now um, but just how, how the actual awakening factors are applied to the hindrances and they can be applied to all, all of them in a similar way so in that case there's the hindrance there's mindfulness, there's investigation, and that investigation reveals something. And there's energy to keep on hanging in there and, and looking and staying with it until that kind of clarity comes. And with the clarity there comes joy. And then that joy is with us for a while, because it's like, whew, what a relief. That uh, I'm not stuck, you know, under, in that hindrance anymore. And, and then, that, so there's the joy, and then staying with the joy, because it's pleasant. Staying with the joy, the mind starts to, to settle. So the, the next of the enlightenment awakening factors is, is pasadi, or tranquility. So if we, when we have joy, there's like an opening, a relaxing, and it's kind of a little bit bubbly. Then we can stay with that, it's a wholesome state stay with that and breathe with that and uh, the hindrance has already fallen away and there's there can be a, a kind of a, a softening and uh, a peacefulness that just naturally comes when we allow that joy to stay present stay conscious and in that uh, peacefulness then the mind collects So it's uh, samadhi, which is often translated as concentration. I think it's more useful to call it collectedness. So it's a coming together, where the mind comes together. So there's a collectedness of mind. And then um, upeka or equanimity, or equipoise, balance. So uh, if we pay... Well, the, the phrase in the Satipatthana is frequently paying careful attention. So if we frequently pay careful attention, so we're attentive that a, a, a hindrance is present. And then we're attentive of what to do. You know, Do I just become that hindrance and then believe it and project my entire future based on that hindrance that's arisen in the moment? Or do I bring in the awakening factors, mindfulness? Investigation, energy, and uh, so these these factors are, you know, when they when they cult- when they're fully cultivated and realised, they are the qualities of the awakened mind. And when, when we're still working at it, they're like little buds, just like you see on the trees out here, little buds of awakening, with great potential. And so we're not looking at the trees saying, oh, come on, I want you to be in full bloom. But we're seeing like, "Ah, oh, there's that potential that each of us have for awakening. So we want to take care of those buds, put, put a little light on them, light of awareness on those buds of awakening. And at any time that we shift from being the hindrance, identifying with the hindrance, to mindfulness, this is a a wonderful moment. This is really to be treasured and appreciated. Um, I think it's very frequently that we'll the hindrance is present, then we we recognise it's a hindrance, and then we immediately go into the next hindrance, criticizing, judging, feeling hopeless. So this is not going to get us anywhere other than more entrenched. But that simple act of mindfulness, curiosity, takes a certain um, distance of, you know, like not being too identified to to have that curiosity. And just kind of moving into it, like, oh, what is this? What's going on? And uh, watching how that transformation happens from pulling you off the path to bring you back onto the path because that, that's how it works. So I think we have uh, I think we have have list, listed the, the different say, antidotes, but I'll just do them again. So awareness is always, you know, mindfulness sati is always the right thing to do. And then we can if we need to if we can just hold it in awareness that's great and follow through those first three steps of the awakening factors that's great and if we can't if there's not if there's if it's too much if there's if, if that's not the right response then with sensual desire to bring in the reflections on the body so reflections on um the Unbeautiful aspects of the body: skin, flesh, bones, so on. Um, And also, uh, okay, I'll keep going. And with uh, ill will, it's very helpful to to bring in the elements. Takes the personal out of it all. You know, four elements here, four elements there. Where's the conflict? Um, I just mentioned about sloth and torpor, restlessness and agitation. Again, the contemplation of death, it's a good friend, that contemplation. So with the out-breath, just letting go. Again, this could be my last, just letting go. So if you have a fear of death, it might be that contemplation of death makes you more agitated. So just instead of like, oh, I'm going to die, just let go. Let go on the outbreath. And then uh, doubt. So doubt gives the impression. When we're caught in doubt, we th- it appears that if we just keep on going round and round and thinking more and more, we'll eventually come to some kind of conclusion. But uh, following doubt leads to more and more doubt and confusion doesn't get you anywhere so why is investigation coming back to those first two factors mindfulness and investigation with discernment not just curious but curious and and what's the best thing to do here what should i do and the the way we can use discernment is to see is this going to lead me in the direction, in the right direction, does this lead me further on the path or does this pull me away from the path of awakening? Simple as that. It's always about, is this, the, the, usually the Buddha speaks about wholesome or unwholesome. Is this wholesome leading, leading in the right direction or is this unwholesome leading to getting more and more entrenched? So if there's doubt to bring mindfulness uh, and curiosity, investigation, and look at well, what's you know weighed up? Okay, I could do this, could do that, could do that. So which one leads to freedom? Which one leads to greater freedom? Which one leads to greater entrenchment and suffering? And when you see that, there's kind of no, you know, there's nothing in it really. It's clear. It's clear what to do. And then maybe we doubt ourselves. We doubt whether we can do it. So this, you know, if you're also familiar with that uh, thought, (laughs) and, um, you know, but that's again, it's like me as a person in time trying to get somewhere. Whereas the, the awakening factors are here, they're immediate. It's sati. Sati, awareness is awareness here and now. It's with this, so the awakening factors aren't something that we we do sometime in the future to get somewhere. They're they're right here. They're to be applied right here and now. Then that you know instead of having to think about, but can I or can't I? You find it's actually happening. It's happening right now. The the mind is being guided towards the wholesome, towards awakening right now. And maybe the, the tendencies are strong and they keep coming back again and again. But then we keep training the mind to come back to the awakening factors again and again. And gradually that, that, uh, that, those rivers of, of habit and tendency change course So, we can always manage those first three factors and to think of them as factors of awakening, you know, because we can say, Oh, I'm being mindful, mindfully walking, mindfully eating, and we have this kind of little running commentary going on, oh, I'm being mindful. Mm-hmm this is like precious, you know. Right here and now there is presence, there is awareness, there is mindfulness. And then, and what is going on here and now? Where's the uh, identity, is there identification with the states that are arising, the feelings, the body? Or is there a sense of curiosity and interest? And If there is identification to take curiosity and interest in that... It's kind of whatever arises, you can apply those awakening factors. And they do, in the moment, lead to an opening and a, and a certain freedom. So we, we're, um, we're nourishing those buds of awakening, we're warming them with the sun of our attention. And gradually, gradually, we start to notice the difference in our lives. So let's uh, meditate for a little while and we can apply those. And if there are no hindrance hindrances present, then one can bring mindfulness to that mindfulness to peaceful mind so the the Buddha As the Buddha says that if we, if our mind is... mm, Let's see, what word did he use? I think it's, yeah, clarity. So if if there's clarity of mind, if the mind is clear, but we don't pay wise attention to that clarity of mind, then the mind will become confused. And if the mind is confused and we pay mindful attention to the confused mind, it becomes clear. So if we, if, we already, if there's already clarity, but we don't you know, if there's already clarity and we, and we, we're mindful of that clarity, it gets brighter, it gets clearer and stronger. But if there's clarity and we don't really care. We don't really value it. It just turns into confusion. And then if there's confusion or any, any of those hindrances and we bring clear attention to those, they become, the mind becomes clear. And if we don't bring clear attention, the mind becomes more confused. So it's really all about our attention, the quality and the direction of our attention. So whether the mind is clear or confused, it's all good, as long as we're bringing clear attention to what's going on. Because none of it's fixed. None of it's who and what we are. So let's sit. So bring attention to what you find here. If there's doubt, just recognizing doubt as doubt using wise investigation. there's peacefulness and clarity, staying with it, not being afraid of it, whatever you find, use those awakening factors. There's again a basket for questions if you have any outside in the hall because tomorrow we have another question and answer session. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.